Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, offering quality live programming with holistic, spiritual, psychic, and metaphysical hosts. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to We Get Results. It's Tuesday, August 27, 2019, and I'm your host, Mary Singer Albertson. If you haven't joined me before, We Get Results is aired on the fourth Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Eastern, and then it's archived for later listening. The purpose of We Get Results is to discuss challenges that we're facing in the United States and globally and collect, excuse me, and connect listeners to ways they can make a difference on these issues. So everyone can get results if they know what to do and want to help make changes for the betterment of those who have no voice. So one of the best ways that I've found uh, for one person to make a difference is taking action through the results organization. We are a volunteer citizens lobby meeting with Congress to create the political will to end hunger and poverty. Uh, check it out at www.results.org. Click on the successes page to see what has been accomplished by volunteers in nearly 40 years. So today's show, we're going to focus on the biggest emergency the world is facing right now, which is climate change. If we don't act immediately, we won't have a home, and Earth is the only choice. There's no planet B, nowhere else to go. So we're going to discuss um, what's happening and what we can do with my guest, Elizabeth Dell. And I'll tell you a little bit about Elizabeth. Um, she is a Great Lakes Regional Co-Coordinator for Michigan um, of Citizens, Cl and Citizens Climate Lobby and began volunteering with CCL when a chapter formed in her community in 2013. She lives in Traverse City, Michigan. She first became aware and concerned about global warming when she wrote a college paper about the greenhouse effect in 1989. She's been deeply concerned ever since and working with CCL has given her a path for becoming uh, an advocate for solutions to climate change. So I want to welcome uh, Elizabeth to the program. Uh, thanks for joining us, Elizabeth. Are you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me, Mary. No, oh, thank you for taking time out. I really appreciate it. And uh, this is something that everyone needs to know immediately because, you know, one thing sometimes I say is we're, with climate change, we're kind of at the 11th hour. We're not at midnight yet, but we've got to act fast if we want to make a difference and be able to uh, have our home the way we want it to be, our earth. So um, you have been with uh, Citizens Climate Lobby for about six years, it looks like. Uh-huh. And um, so why don't we start with that? Why don't you tell everyone what Citizens Climate Lobby is all about? Sure. Great, yes. Uh, so Citizens okay. Climate Lobby, uh, also I'll refer to it as CCL probably throughout the conversation. Yeah. Um, we are a nonpartisan grassroots organization working to build political will for a livable world. Um, we were founded about 12 years ago by Marshall Saunders, who is a San Diego businessman who had been working with results actually to improve yeah. funding to address poverty and hunger. Um, so, um, you know, we, we have a lot of that results culture within our organization. 
Um, Mm-hmm. But he also had created programs that were designed to help people in poverty around the world launch small businesses. And when Marshall learned about climate change, he realized how it would impact our world's most vulnerable people and how it was undermining the efforts that he and so many others had put into helping people rise from poverty. And that's when he decided that if he was serious about solutions to poverty, he needed to become serious about solving the climate crisis as well. So he created the Citizens Climate Lobby um, and, again, modeled after results. Um, And so now we have over 450 volunteer-led chapters in the United States and dozens more around the world. Um, For for many years now, our volunteers have been taking actions to build political will for what we call carbon fee and dividend legislation. It's a form of carbon pricing. Mm -hmm. And we okay. think it's the best first step to begin reducing carbon pollution. Um, so mm-hmm. we've been meeting regularly with uh, members of Congress about this, uh, regardless of their position on the issue of climate change, and um, have been asking them to introduce uh, carbon fee and dividend legislation. And I'm pleased to say that they listened. And the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act was introduced with bipartisan support in um, both the House and Senate late last year. Um, And then it was reintroduced in the House this year in January with the new Congress, uh, again with bipartisan Mm -hmm. support. And so it's really, you know, it's the work of thousands of CCL supporters across the country that made that possible. and, for example, this past June, we had one of our biannual Washington, D.C. lobby days. We had about 1,200 volunteers from across the country on Capitol Hill, and we met with wow. almost every congressional office. Yeah, a huge turnout, uh, which That's we've great. been getting um, pretty regularly the last few years. It's just been building and building. Um, and when we meet with our members of Congress, I mean, this is just like with results. We always approach them from a place of appreciation, respect, and gratitude, and we try to listen more than we talk. Um, mm-hmm. so we can try and understand more about what might be holding them back from taking action on climate change and to learn more about what they think might be um, helpful to addressing the problem. Um, in fact, this year we were, when we have our meetings, we always uh, take notes in our meetings. And one of the things that we did was try to track the percentage of time that we were speaking um, compared to oh. the time that they were speaking. Um, oh, that's a so, good idea. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, it, it really has helped us a lot in building good relationships um, with Congress. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, an interesting story that uh, was reported recently, there, um, Representative Mark Meadows is a Republican from North Carolina, and he's the chair of the House Freedom Caucus, and he was interviewed okay. um, by E&E News, and he talked about how um, he's met with CCL volunteers from his district about carbon fee and dividend, and he said that um, while he's not committed yet to supporting it, his constituents are giving him a reason to consider it. And this is a mm-hmm. quote from him. He said, it's really been the reason why I've engaged on it. I don't think any of them voted for me, but they've been very thoughtful in their proposals mm-hmm. and their ideas, and it's really had a profound impact on me. So it's pretty exciting wow. to, to hear, you know, get that kind of encouragement from a member of Congress to know that we really are making a difference. Yeah, I think um, it really does mean so much. I know that they've, 
backtracked everything and said that um, the very, very best way to make a difference is a face-to-face meeting with your member of Congress. So that type of thing going to Washington, D.C., you know, it takes a lot of time. Uh, It takes a Mm -hmm. lot of money because we all pay for our own way to go and everything. But it really does make a difference. And I think, um, you know, once you've come in and they've seen you, they will remember you and they'll remember Mm -hmm. what what you're standing for. So I think that's a great idea. Um, uh, Were you going to give something else you were going to say about that? Oh, you I done? just one. I guess I had an experience personally in a meeting once where the aide that we were meeting with, um, again, it was a Republican office, and he kind of stopped us in the middle of the conversation and said, "You know, I just want to thank you for coming and meeting with us because a lot of mm-hmm. organizations like yours don't don't even ask. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you got to yeah. ask to be heard. So, yeah, 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 and I um. One thing that's been said to us, because I've been going to D.C. doing this for almost every year since about 2004, um, we had somebody come up to us and say, we are so happy to see you. We love when you come because you're not here to get something for yourself. You're not trying Mm -hmm. to get, you know, you're not getting money for doing this. You're a volunteer. And uh, we love having you come. I mean, most of them feel that way. Maybe not all of them. But, but, um, and it really making yourself visible to town halls in district and everything else just really does make a big difference. Um, and I actually went to something this morning that had both Michigan senators and the editorial writer from the free press. And I think mm-hmm. I made a difference today. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't you tell a little bit more about um, what else you might be doing with citizens climate lobby um, besides meeting with them? Sure. Yeah, so we focus on what we call the five levers of political will. Um, So one of them is lobbying. Um, We meet regularly both in the district and in D.C., and we have a volunteer who is assigned to be a liaison to each congressional office. Mm. Um, But then, you know, we do lots of work to basically that's all supporting that effort. So there are a grassroots component where volunteers go, to events maybe in their community and set up a table Mm -hmm. and talk to people about climate change and about our policy solution. Um, And they give presentations at rotary clubs. Um, Yeah. So that's, those are some examples of grassroots efforts. We have Mm -hmm. a grass tops uh, component, which means uh, working with, business leaders, community leaders, elected officials, faith leaders to engage them on the issue, to get their support Mm -hmm. for the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. It's really helpful when we can build a relationship with those folks and include them in lobby meetings. Um, Mm -hmm. It helps a lot when we can take other people to our meetings with Congress to show the kind of work that we're doing and to show that there are some very prominent people in our communities who, you know, maybe aren't um, stepping out as, as much as we'd like um, without being, you know, without our initiation anyway. Once, you know, they have mm-hmm. some idea of something they can do, they're willing to come with us and talk to the member of Congress about it. Um, mm-hmm. So those are really important voices to include. 
Um, yeah, we do a lot of work with media, as, as you know, with uh, results. We, do, we write a lot of letters to the editor. Um, we write opinion pieces. We try to meet with editorial boards for newspapers to seek their endorsement. Um, we do social media work and interviews like I'm doing now. So that's uh, an mm-hmm. important component as well. Um, and then we have yeah, chapter definitely. development where we're working to support the volunteers that we have in our network, um, try to give them training opportunities. Uh, we have a whole website that we've created called CCL Community, which is uh, mm. just full of resources for our volunteers about science, about policy, about, you know, Mm. how to table, how to do the kinds of actions that we take. Um, We have webinars available for people. So it's a really valuable resource. We offer a lot of support for our volunteers. Yeah. So for if people want to go and, and see all that, what should they go on, on the computer? Yeah, go to, yeah, it's just, www.citizensclimatelobby.org. Um, there's okay. a join button, and we don't. It's you don't have to make a donation to join. Um, of course, we welcome contributions, and they're very important yeah. uh, in our work, and you know, being able to do the work we do. But we have a lot of volunteers who don't have the means to, you know, do donations, maybe, but their time yeah. is so critical to us. Um, so mm-hmm. we welcome absolutely people joining without, you know, making a contribution. You're not even asked about making a contribution when you join. Uh-huh. Um, maybe you could um, expand a little bit about when we talk about climate change, exactly what we're talking about and why it's so important to, to be concerned about it at this point, because we're starting to hear all kinds of things about glaciers melting and, and wildfires mm-hmm. and so many things happening. And um, maybe for people that have just thought of global warming or something, um, it might be good to mm-hmm. give a little more info on that. Sure. So um, this is uh, global warming is something that scientists have known was happening uh, or would be happening since the 19th century, actually. <laughs> um, that when you wow. burn fossil fuels, you're adding um, carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases to the atmosphere, um, and that just traps heat. It's like we have this blanket around the planet, um, and the blanket's getting thicker, basically, because of these gases. So we're warming, um, and that means that um, the, there's more water vapor, and that can create heavier rainstorms, it is creating more precipitation. I mean, the science is very clear that we're getting more extreme rain events, um, and that creates a lot of problems for, for people. Um, for example, we I live in northern Michigan, and in the upper peninsula of Michigan, there was a huge rainstorm um, two years ago, and it, it was in the Houghton, Michigan area, and uh, almost six inches of rain fell in just six hours, so it caused flash flooding. Oh, wow. It caused a lot of damage to buildings and houses. Um, one house, um, the basement collapsed, and it ended up killing a 12-year-old boy. Um, mm-hmm. There were, you know, roads washed out and 
about $100 million of damage to infrastructure was caused by this flash flood. Mm-hmm. Um, now, mm-hmm. you know, not like these things haven't happened before. The difference is they're happening with greater frequency, and that's a huge mm-hmm. concern. Um, some of the other impacts you mentioned, you know, sea level rise in Miami and other coastal areas, they're seeing what they call sunny day flooding, where because the sea levels have risen, um, just a normal high tide is causing flooding on roads and um, in buildings. Um, and this is very expensive to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. And they're actually raising roads in Miami. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard to imagine yeah. how much it could cost to, to mitigate these impacts. But, you know, the in the same time that we're getting more precipitation in other areas, it's drier in other areas, and that's why we're getting more wildfires. Um, that mm-hmm. causes problems for air quality. Um, it's just such a complex system that we live in that, you know, there, one thing just can lead to so many other impacts. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very, you know, complicated problem that we're trying yeah. to deal with. But th- there is hope. We can, we can do yeah. things to mitigate the problem. Mm-hmm. I, this is, you know, something that happened a, a few years ago. I went to uh, University of Michigan to, to listen to the global economist Jeffrey Sachs, who was like a counselor mm-hmm. to Ban Ki-moon at the UN. And he was talking about climate and all that. And he said, well, you guys are here in the Midwest by the Great Lakes in Michigan and the other, and the other states. And he said, hopefully people will start doing something about climate change soon because by 2050, probably if they don't, the left and right coastlines will be underwater, and guess where everybody's going to move to? They'll want to be at the freshwater right. Great Lakes. So that's kind exactly. of scary, but, yeah. um, it, but that is it is. Cool. But you know, I don't know if you saw this. Oh, I'm sorry. I, um, I was going to say, oh, Mary, I don't oh. know if you saw this news story. Um, I think it was in the Washington Post that highlighted some of the hot spots in the country, areas that have warmed mm. the most. And actually, mm-hmm. I live in one of the counties that, that has warmed the most Really, here in Michigan. Yeah, Grand Traverse oh County God. and Benzie County. Um, oh. Yeah, so, I mean, but it's true. Yeah, I, I mean, we have a, this huge fresh water supply that's a real, could be a real draw mm-hmm. in the future. I know that at, at our, the lake where we go up north at Lewiston, it's the very highest that it's ever been. And I know all mm-hmm. around the lakes around here, the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we really have a, we have a lot of work to do, at, but we need everyone. It's sort of like all hands on deck. We can't do everything. Yeah. You guys in Citizens Climate Lobby have gotten so big so fast. There are so many people that are concerned that, you know, you've got way surpassed the amount of people that we have in in results, and I think you know everyone's affected by by climate, and um, you know we need to protect what we've got for our children and our grandchildren and beyond. And um, so I know CCL is doing a great job, and they had so many people. You just started in about what 07 or something. I feel like there was yeah. like how many thousands of people in it just in a few years. Um, mm-hmm. So that's wonderful, and. You know, people need to know that there's stuff you can do just from your phone and your computer. It doesn't need to be always you have to go somewhere, or go to a meeting or whatever. There's there's right. ways to get involved that if you're very busy and you just have a little bit mm-hmm. of time. And um, 
So the other thing I was thinking was, um, uh, what about, uh, tell a little bit more about carbon for people. About carbon carbon or about carbon pricing? Yeah. Okay, sure. So, um, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit more about our legislation, which is a form of carbon pricing. Um, Mm-hmm. First of all, carbon pricing is really seen by experts, um, particularly, I mean, economists, um, scientists, as one of the most important first steps we can take to reduce carbon pollution. Um, and the idea is in generally that you make it fossil fuels more expensive, and that will drive down demand, and it will increase, it will make other um, clean energy solutions much more affordable and viable. Um, so what our legislation does is it puts a fee on fossil fuels at the source, meaning at the mine, mm-hmm. the wellhead, the port of entry, um, to um, make it so that you're you're getting it as high up in the economy as possible, so it will have the broadest impact as possible. Um, the fossil fuel provider producers would pay that fee. It starts relatively mm-hmm. low at $15 a ton per year, and then it will increase every year. And this is sending a really important price signal throughout the economy. And in particular, it really sends, it's really meaningful to, um, to investors and to businesses that have a big carbon footprint. They're going to want to take steps to in, invest in clean energy to develop new clean energy technologies, to reduce their carbon footprint by becoming more energy efficient. Um, And that will have an impact throughout the economy. It will also change Mm -hmm. the way consumers look at things. When you have to replace your car, you're going to be much more likely to want to look for something that's, you know, electric, for example, um, or gets much better fuel economy than whatever you have now. Um, and an important component is that all of those fees that are collected are going to go into one big pot, and that's going to be divided up equally among Americans so that you and I, for mm-hmm. example, will each get the same monthly dividend back. Um, okay. So we'll get money back into our bank accounts um, that we are free to choose, we, that we may choose to spend however we like. And um, it's not based at all on you know, your energy use. It's just simply, you know, take, say, a million dollars and divide it by however many people we have that will be receiving this, mm-hmm. you know, a, adults and children in the country, because um, children will get a half share, and that's what you get back. Um, okay. And for most families, this will protect them from rising energy costs, um, particularly low-income mm-hmm. families, which we're very concerned about because um, mm-hmm. they you know, need to be protected during this energy tra- transition. Um, and there's yeah. also a, an adjustment, a border carbon adjustment. So this, uh, the idea is that um, goods that are brought into the country um, that are very carbon intensive will have to pay a fee on them, and um, that will encourage other countries to institute their own carbon price. And it will also discourage American businesses from, you know, moving someplace where they could um, pollute um, without having to pay. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of a, a quick overview okay. of what the legislation does. Yeah. And 
uh, like I said, it's just it's there's a huge consensus that this is um, the best way to begin. It's certainly not the only thing that we have to do to reduce carbon pollution, but it's a really important first step. Um, leading economists, uh, uh, um, Nobel laureate economists, and over 3,000 economists around the country have signed on to a statement oh. about. Um, not endorsing our legislation specifically, but endorsing mm -hmm. certain principles of a carbon dividend plan. And those principles are mm -hmm. embedded in our legislation. So um, we know that yeah. we're on the right track. And, and companies want this because it gives them predictability, um, mm -hmm. much more so than regulations, for example. So we're, we're hopeful that um, the the conversation is shifting enough and that it will get something through soon. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. It sounds like you're making a lot of progress. I don't know if there's anything else that's been happening that you've gotten through or doing that you'd want to talk about, or is that pretty much um, kind of what, well, what uh, progress has been made? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, a big highlight, but actually that's also in Canada, we, we have a very strong CCL delegation there. And they play a huge role in Canada's recent adoption of a national price on carbon pollution um, that started this oh. year. Um, in July, the U.S. Conference of Mayors had a, their annual meeting where they passed a resolution urging Congress to put a price on carbon emissions. Um, both Republican and Democratic mayors sponsored and supported the resolution. And Again, CCL volunteers played an important role in helping make this happen by working closely with at least one of the resolution's lead sponsors. Um, so, you know, building these relationships um, really makes a difference. And again, back to what you were saying about, you know, you don't have to go to a CCL meeting and be involved in a CCL chapter to make a difference. Writing mm -hmm. to your member of Congress, go to their website, find where to contact them. Let them know you care about this issue. Um, calling them, mm -hmm. those things really do make a difference. Yeah, and I think also with that, um, you know, we've found out that if you are calling and you're leaving a message for someone or if you find out who is the person in charge of your issue and you leave a message, just make sure you say your constituent, leave your address, and say, you would like to hear back from what your congressperson has decided to do about what you called on mm -hmm. so that they have something where they are thinking that they have to get back to you and they can't just let it go. Um, so I think that right. helped a lot when we tried to do that and just making sure they know you're a constituent, you're their boss, you, you could fire them. And um, so I think that, that's <laughs> helpful also. <laughs> right. And also just right. thinking about yep. that, um, last night, the governor of Washington, Jay Inslee, who was running for president, mm -hmm. gave up his campaign for president last night on Rachel Maddow. Mm -hmm. And um, his major issue, or almost only issue, was climate. And um, it was interesting because right after that, then all the rest of the presidential can candidates tweeted how much difference he's made and how about... Um, Mm. how this has changed the national dialogue around climate change, made it front and center. And, it, you know, it's brought it all to their attention even more. And um, he said, uh, I just went on his, his Facebook page, he said almost every serious candidate now has a climate plan to defeat the climate yeah. crisis. And CNN and MSNBC will hold climate change town halls. So I thought that was really a cool 
a cool thing. So yes, it's I definitely it's becoming um, a priority issue for a lot of folks, and they're they're letting their elected officials know that. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of people don't even think about letting their elected officials know about anything. You know, I had one elected official <laughs> say to me, you know. We don't even know what you want. You elect us, and then you abandon us. Well, not all of them care if we abandon them, but, I mean, there's a lot of them that will say, you know, you need to tell us what you want. What do you want me to do? You know, so we Mm -hmm. have gotten some feedback like that, too. Um, So, you know, even even if if they do something that you really like, send a text to the office or call or whatever and say, boy, I really appreciate the congressman doing so-and-so because it really means a lot to me and, and giving them feedback so they know, you know, what we really want them to do. So that's also mm-hmm. helpful. Um, so anything else on that? I was going to ask you uh, how people could learn about your work and get involved, but do you have anything else on the uh, – well, and the other thing is everyone has to vote this time, period. Mm-hmm. There's no excuses for yep. not voting and um, – uh, my thing is, you know, we've got people sending their college kids back to college. Send them back with their um, registration, their voter registration. Make sure they get one before they go to college or go off to another city to work or, or whatever. When they're 18, part of their 18th birthday should be, we're going to go get your <laughs> voter registration. Seriously. Yeah. What do they need? That yeah. more or a new bl- or a new blanket. <laughs> Right. But anyway, <laughs> well, I am encouraged by the youth movement. I mean, there's been, there's a lot of, um, we have a lot of young people in Citizens Climate Lobby mm-hmm. who are starting campus chapters, um, oh, for good. example. But there's, you know, the Sunrise Movement, which is a youth-led movement. And so it's really in, encouraging to see um, them stepping up and, you know, at the same time, it's kind of heartbreaking because they shouldn't have to be doing this. We should have taken care of this Mm -hmm. a long time ago, but I'm grateful for their activity. Um, It's so, so important. Mm -hmm. Their voices are very powerful. That's for sure. I know when we, when we go to have a meeting with a member of Congress, it's like, they love it when young people are there too. They really just focus Mm -hmm. on them and really enjoy meeting with them. So that's cool. Yes, um, do. How, how yeah. can listeners learn more about your work and get involved in mm-hmm. uh, in Citizens Climate Lobby or anything else mm-hmm. for climate? Sure. Well, um, I would recommend if you're just wanting to learn more about the issue, I highly recommend um, a YouTube series called Global Weirding. It's by Dr. Catherine Hayhoe, and she's an amazing climate science communicator and very entertaining. Um, as far as getting more involved with Citizens Climate Lobby, again, go to citizensclimatelobby.org. You can join there. It's free to join. There is a Take Action button that you can um, go to, and you can find uh, a local chapter if there is one or if you're interested in starting one. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and we do have some regional conferences coming up. Um, in uh-huh. The Great Lakes Regional Conference is September 21st and 22nd in South Bend, Indiana. Um, there's the Wild West region, which is like Colorado and Utah and New Mexico. Um, I'm gonna. I'm afraid I'm gonna get some of them wrong. Nevada, but um, anyway, they're having a conference the last weekend of September. 
Um, mm-hmm. Minnesota and North Dakota, they're ha- that area is having a conference in on October 4th and 5th. So there's lots of ways to, to you know, dive in deeply through a conference if you want or mm-hmm. just kind of check out the website to learn more. Yeah, well, and the one that you said is coming up, um, maybe I can try to get a hold of someone that's presenting for that or get more information and then my next show next month try to present something that came up in the conference or um, get an update from someone, you or somebody, um, on on what's happened. I think it's pretty cool that it's on September 21st because that's the International Day of Peace. So Mm, that's a pretty cool thing. The 20th is a National Youth Climate Strike. Um, At that South Bend conference, we have Dr. Carolyn Wu speaking, and she is one of the people who organized the Vatican Energy Transition Dialogues. Um, So we're really excited to hear from her. Out of that came a statement of uh, support for carbon pricing from major energy Uh, producers and investors. So that's interesting. Yeah, and I'll probably talk to you again and ask you, you know, who you thought was really interesting or the most interesting or something that listeners might like to know about on my show, and maybe I can add something for climate um, for next month, too. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so that'll be great. Can Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with today that uh, you'd like to, to mention? Well, one last thing that you can do, again, if you go to the Take Action tab at our website, we do have every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. a weekly informational session. Um, it's a staff-led phone call that gives some information about uh, the organization, uh, about the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. So that's a, another great way to introduce yourself yeah. more to the organization. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that um, they can find, you know, people on, uh, on, the, on your Facebook page or your website that they can ask questions uh, to but would you like to leave mm-hmm. a, a number or a, an email in case someone has a question to try to ask you or someone else or something? Sure. Yes. Uh, my email is elizabeth.dell at citizensclimatelobby.org. Okay, that's good. And if you um, want any more information from me, it's mAlbertson05 at aol.com. Or two two seven eight excuse me two four eight seven five six six two seven zero is my phone number. So I really appreciate having you on today. Is there anything else you would like to say, Elizabeth? No, I just thank you very much for the opportunity, Mary. And I just you know encourage people to to find your voice, uh, write an email, take take one action to to make a difference, and let let your member of Congress know that this is an important issue. Yes, and I think we'll be hearing way more about it with the uh, candidates uh, that are running for president, and I hope that uh, Jay Inslee will either be put in the next cabinet or have some place in the government that that he can continue working because I really think he is, is a big asset, and they seem to do things really well in the state of Washington. So... Um, I'm sure part of that is him. So I appreciate you coming on, Elizabeth, and um, I will be talking to you maybe after the the um, uh, 
meetings in South Bend and find out what what happened. And um, yeah, I will do that. And um, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. So we'll say goodbye, and uh, we'll, I'll be talking to everyone again next month, fourth Tuesday at 1 p.m. Uh, and that's it. So take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Elizabeth. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you.